This is Alec. And this is Jack. Welcome to another episode of Smith and Scholar. Smith and Scholar is a multimedia project dedicated to promoting and encouraging young men to pursue and live the good life. All right. So this topic, I think a lot of people will be glad to hear it now and potentially later down the line and especially fathers uh, and future fathers, uh, especially uh, for me and hoping that my children hear this one day. <laughs> or, uh, so we'll see, you know. <laughs> and why is that? Why are we uh, interested in having future generations listen to this? Because today we're talking about something that is very important for children, particularly male children, and that is how to be a good son. Yeah, so while I did mention that, you know, hopefully other people listen to this, it's not a preaching episode of, like, future generations, heed our words. Uh, (laughs) But it might be nice down the road, and it doesn't necessarily exclude daughters from this, but we are speaking as I don't have an experience being a daughter. (laughs) Neither do Uh, I. (laughs) Well, we can't exactly give uh, that perspective as clearly as we can on how to be a good son. And then, um, on the other hand, I guess we'll get to this a little bit later, but what does that look like over time, again, for a three-month-old? Well, they won't be listening to this. If they do, thank you. Thank you uh, for listening. (laughs) Bringing down the uh, demographic age. For sure. (laughs) Um, Anyways, (laughs) it looks different uh, in each stage of life, which which we'll discuss a little bit at the end. Um, But yeah, basically... Uh, it's a continuation on our last episode on heritage because we talked about uh, family and nation. And this is getting more specific into uh, the specific relationship and living out virtue in heritage. And specifically, I've said specifically now three times in the past 10 seconds, um, the relationship between parents and son or parents and child, father and child, mother and child. And each of those dynamics are going to be a little bit different. Uh, and we might get into some of those dynamics, but let's just go ahead and, and jump into, as we always say, you know, why is this important and how does it pertain to the good life? Yeah. So again, remember part of, part of living the good life is, you know, we're really focused on ordering our lives in a lot of way. And particularly when it comes to relationships and, um, you know, we want to look to good examples and whatnot about, you know, what it means to be a good son and, and, you know, you know, fulfill that role, um, you know, that is in, you know, biologically and in reality thrust upon you as a male child. And, you know, so in that way, we're concerned about, you know, how we order ourselves to, you know, our parents. Um, And then also, again, you know, growing in virtue by being a good son. And there's all sorts of ways, you know, and different virtues that, you know, are apparent in being a good son. For example, there's piety. So similar to what we're talking about uh, last week with heritage and, you know, having, you know, familial being, you know, having piety towards your, your elders, same sort of thing, you know, uh, and it's, it's the same exact thing when it comes to being a good son, you know, respect for your parents, um, you know, piety. There's also, I guess, obedience or docility, not docility, like, you know, afraid in the corner, docile, but obedient, um, you know, following our parents' directives. And of course, that's within limits. Um, and, you know, again, everything moderated by virtue. And finally, I guess another one would be charity. 
And this is a big one because yeah, I think charity is a theme that we haven't explicitly talked about, but in the last couple of episodes has certainly pervaded it. We, we brought it up a little bit in community. Um, it's certainly, I think, you know, inher- inherited, you know, charity or love or your past, your background, that sort of thing. And it's certainly important in being a good son, growing in love for others, particularly, uh, you know, our family and especially our parents. Yeah. So, um, with all these different uh, virtues, we can see really that sonship is pretty special because we can develop these virtues and, uh, especially in the context of the relationship. So it's a very intimate, uh, relationship that's well occurring, occurring and developing because it is the people who brought you into this world, uh, um, I'll just leave it there, who brought you into this world and are raising you and taking care of you and doing everything for you. And again, you were born, you couldn't do anything for yourselves. uh, So they had to take care of you. They had to feed you. They had to clean you. They had to do everything for you. And then if there's, again, I I mean everything. I want to make that clear. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm talking to you, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. So if they can give you everything, it's going to be really hard to repay them for that. And can you, I mean, one question is, can you ever really repay your parents? And and that's a hard thing, you know, to think about. So definitely think about that. Maybe we'll talk about it at the end. But, you know, there are things you can do along the way to to repay some of the debt. And I don't want to say it debt like you really owe them something because, um, I mean, they brought you into the world, hopefully to love and cherish you. And not out of this sense of duty of, you know, justice in the sense that, you know, look, I gave you life. You got to give me something in return for it. But no, they de- I think there definitely is that. And we'll t- talk about it a little later. But, you know, something is definitely owed to our parents. And that's, you know, an impact area of being a good son in a way. Yeah. So ultimately, it's respect. And respect will take um, many different forms. So I just want to mention a few different examples of where this uh, sonship is brought up in different media. So uh, one pretty big example is the Bible uh, with God and Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, and that's pretty pronounced in the New Testament, especially in the Gospels, and their relationship and their communication with each other. Uh, another example I wanted to bring up, and I I was just trying to think of like what examples do I remember from media, and there are quite a few. But I thought this one was really good. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but Warrior, it's an MMA movie. I don't think I have. It's with Joel Egerton, or Edgerton, Tom Hardy, who's one of my favorite actors, and Nick Nolte. And so it's a great example of of one father of these two sons and how their relationships and dynamics play out differently. Um, Again, not it's not a perfect relationship, but you really get to understand how uh, you know this sonship is developed by each of them. Uh, a more funny example is Psych with uh, Henry and Sean Spencer, how you really see their relationship grow throughout the series from a lot of dependence into more uh, mutual respect for each other. And there are lots of others. So I just wanted to bring those up because luckily there are good examples out there in media of being a good father and son. And so uh, implicitly, we will get into a little bit of what is required by parents uh, in the relationship, but we'll try and focus on what it means to be a good son. So I guess the next question is, is what can we specifically do to be good sons? And first off, I think there's a couple of things that we all need to recognize as sons um, that are sort of universal. 
first off, I think we need to recognize, and of course there are exceptions, um, but Alec brought this up, you know, just moments ago. And but we should recognize that our parents do the things they do primarily because they love us. They and they, you know, we came in, we were brought into this world, and they they want to love and cherish us, and they want us to succeed, and they want us to live good lives. I think you know, for the most part, it'd be hard to uh, find a parent who would deny that they want their kids to to be loved and to succeed and to live good lives. It would, that would be an aberration in my opinion. Again, there are exceptions and those are typically sad exceptions. Um, but for the most part, you know, this would probably be any parent's response. Second, I think we need to recognize that our parents are human. And this kind of goes along with the first part, right? They, parents make mistakes. They're human beings. They miss the mark and they fail to act virtuously, virtuously, just like you and I do. Right. Um, and so sometimes they fail to be prudent. Sometimes they fail to be just, uh, sometimes they fail to be charitable and we need to recognize that oftentimes they want us to avoid making these same mistakes. Right. Um, and essentially, you know, it might, it, sometimes it's as explicit as son learn from my mistakes, or it might not be, but I think they want us to learn from their mistakes. Right. And, you know, they want us to, to, you know, especially if you come from a family like Alec and I, you know, our separate families who are concerned with raising good men and wanting us to live good lives and pursue virtue. This is certainly something I think is clear. Like, you know, you, there are just instances where you, you know, your parents tell a story about something that they did in their youth and they wish that they had done things differently. And, you know, you can, you develop wisdom and knowledge and grow in virtue in that way. Um, but those are just some general things, and I think with that framework in mind, we can uh, specifically move on to some specific aspects that pertain to virtue and being a good son. Yeah, so uh, especially when it comes to, again, the good life, we, we did mention a few of the virtues uh, at the beginning, piety, charity, humility, well, humility with regards to heritage, but then docility, which I guess humility is a part of. So um, going into the idea of humility, it requires you to not only be thinking of yourself. And so in order to be a good son, you really do have to be thinking of others and especially respecting your elders uh, in these times. So that means you need to be a good listener. And sometimes I'll say uh, kids might be very good listeners and hear everything that the parent <laughs> says, good and bad. <laughs> um, but to get to the point, um, sometimes it's it can be seen that you don't respect elders or we're pursuing things outside of our family. You know, we only listen to our friends or the the media or, or things that are not always ordered to the good. So we should recognize that, that those who are helping raise us uh, do have good things to say and that our parents uh, can relate to what's going on in our life because they also grew up and they also know what's going on. So being a good son is learning from them as as Jack mentioned, sometimes explicitly, sometimes implicitly. And one one very important thing that I think is sometimes lost nowadays is that parents are the primary educators mm. of their children. And it, it might be a little bit weird to hear it if you haven't heard it before, but again, in the natural order of things, in natural law, um, you are brought into the world by your parents, and your parents are the ones who are primarily raising you with the help of the community, as we can see. But they're the ones who are forming you from the beginning, and so it only makes sense that they should form you throughout. It would be pretty strange to buy a car, 
uh, drive it for about a year or two and then hand it off to a new owner saying, it's still mine, but you know, you are the one who can drive it and do everything because it's your car. So you should be doing it. And it, okay. Children are much more valuable than cars. So if you're not willing to give your car away to a stranger, uh, then you should at least be supervising their every move, making sure what's going on. And that's important within the educational community, you know, if they're going to a private school or public school. But if you're homeschooling, then, you know, it's one way to do that. So being a son, you should be very attentive to what your parents are saying and doing as they're raising you. So I think that's one thing to uh, touch upon there. Yeah, no, certainly. And I think, um, like, you know, again, it's like the practicality, right? Like, through listening, you you not only are able to, like, heed the commands of your parents and, you know, recognize, you know, the duties to, that you owe to them, but, you know, also you're, you're actually able to learn and intake. And, you know, speaking of duties, I think, at least in my mind, the primary virtue, uh, you know, that might be most apparent for being a good son is justice. And, you know, I think we should recall that Justice is a virtue that's prime, you know, whose primary concern is ensuring that we give to the other what is due to them, right? And it's heavily relational. And I think that maybe a good way um, to think about being a good son begins with recognizing what is due to our parents and trying to fulfill those obligations. And so, you know, to begin, I think. One of the things that you know we you you talked about at the very beginning is respect, and I think one of the things we owe to our parents is honor and respect. Uh, parents make a lot of sacrifices for um, their children. You know, in my personal experience, uh, you know, from a a time and resources perspective, my parents put a a lot of time and a lot of money into ensuring um, that my brother and I would be able to go through Catholic school for the majority of our primary education. And to ensure that both of us could play competitive club soccer, um, you know, they devoted time to, you know, ensuring that we grew to be like, you know, good young men, you know, when they could have gone and done other things. And, you know, you know, we should honor and respect their decisions because we can recognize that, you know, they've made certain commitments. And even when we think that those decisions and actions are unfair, they're often in our best interest, right? Even when we don't immediately see it. And I think that's a hard, a hard thing to, it takes a healthy dose of humility uh, to recognize that. And that can be especially difficult. Um, You know, I think I've had a great, a great upbringing and have been very lucky to have the family that I do. And I know that not everybody has that. And so it can be hard to, um, you know, maybe this is another aspect of it. And, you know, it's come, as it comes to mind, you know, maybe we can talk a little bit about it, but like the roles that humility and forgiveness play in being a good son. And maybe we can tack that on at the end. Yeah. So another thing that we can look at is love for our parents. So we can give them respect and we can be just in our relationship, but we should also take a step further beyond that and love our parents. And so I guess the best form of love that we should be showing our parents is, is, towards agape, the self-giving love, doing anything for them. Because as we mentioned in in the episode on love, parents often exhibit agape for their children because they will do anything for them. They will drop everything to save their life, to do anything, to raise them especially. So um, children, uh, sons, should also be showing that love, should be reciprocating that love. And that means um, 
um, making sure that you're actually in a relationship with them, that you care about them, and that you are trying to help them towards the good, which means, again, respecting them and doing what they say to help both of you move forward in life. And so uh, another aspect is obedience, which follows in the idea of justice and love, and that you know we should do what is asked of us. And it's not always easy, especially when you're growing up and they say, you know, do the dishes, mow the yard. It's hard, but it's something that is, again, owed to them. And it also helps us grow in the virtue of obedience when we're able to carry out these things, uh, these tasks that they ask for us to do. So um, now we can get into the idea of, you know, what does sonship look at different ages? And I think a lot of what we talked about is probably more pertinent to a younger mm-hmm. generation because we're saying, you know, do what your parents tell you, love them, respect them. They raised you. They they make decisions for you. Right. Well, I don't think our, our audience is 6 to 18 <laughs> years of age, so a lot of this information might not be uh, the most pertinent in, in actualizing being a good son. So I think this is an opportunity where we can talk about what that looks like as young adults. And again, we're still on this journey mm-hmm. um, as we... Uh, well, we don't make this disclaimer every single episode, but we're not the forefront experts on uh, being a good son. But you know, we're here to have this conversation and and look forward, uh, look towards what it means to be a good son. So nowadays, um, you know, Jack, what what do you think is required to be a good son? And again, in the young adult camp of twenty one to thirty nine. You know, yeah, yeah, sure. I, you know, in a way, I think. I think that I think that the things that we talked about are still there, right? Like the love, the charity, the respect, and those and those sorts of things. Um, you, I, th- I think it, it, it. What happens is they mold into different ways in which they're actualized, right? And so, primarily, I'm kind of thinking. So, one like charity and love that actually at, from like the very like moment in which you you know like let's say three or four years old, where you kind of like come into like knowing and understanding things a little more, and you can you know, say things like, I love you, mommy, or I love you, daddy, like that kind of thing. Like the, 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 the love thing I think is actually the most innate thing and most natural part about being a child and being a son. And it's like the respect that comes out of that. Like you respect your parents because you love them, um, kind of idea. And I think as you grow older, um, because you have that strong foundation of love that stays permanent throughout and it takes different forms. Um, but the respect, the respect that I think aspect changes the most, right? So um, you know, in the way we were talking about it, like when you live, um, under your parents' roof, when you're, a, you know, a child, like, you know, like you said, six to 18 years old before you go to college or move out or whatever, you, you know, you're, you live under the roof. And so like the expectation is usually that you listen to your parents' commands, that you're obedient, that sort of thing. But that changes when you're no longer under their roof, right? Like they're not there to tell you to do the X or do Y, do Z, but you still owe a certain amount of respect. And I think the way that this what this looks like is your parents have, and going back, I think it's tied to hair in a way it's tied to heritage. And, you know, Alec in the last episode was talking about the culture that your family develops and how that's tried to be instilled in you and passed down. I think what that becomes is that what that respect now looks like as a young adult is actualizing it, right? Like trying to live up to the, the things and the values and the virtues that your parents have tried to instill continuing to develop those and to actualize them and pursue them in your life. It's in, in a way, I'm not sure if that sounds vague. I don't know, Alec, you can weigh in here, but to me, that's like one way in which, which it changes a lot is it, it, 
like the respect, it's still there. Like you're supposed to respect them, but it's not like respecting their commands because the commands aren't there anymore. It's, it's in a different mode. Yeah. So one, one thing that I just thought of is, is in actualizing your family culture is actually to continue your family and biologically continue your family by having children. And so, because by, by having children, you are saying that the background and and what I was raised in has provided sufficient formation for me to have children, as well as wanting for my children to know and love my parents the way that I did. Well, in a, in a different, uh, definitely different context. But by having children, you're respecting your parents because you're saying a lot. The effect of I respect your decision to have children, and I want to follow in your footsteps and continue the family culture. And so. I know anecdotally, a lot of um, parents, uh, fr- parents, friends, let me think about this, friends, parents, uh-huh. who are looking forward to grandchildren, uh, I think, uh, namely, uh, Jack, right? <laughs> Although my, my it's, parents? It's, yeah, it's, yes. it's farther down the line. <laughs> In the right context, uh, right, having children. Obviously. But uh, especially um, parents with married adult children mm-hmm. are even more looking forward to having grandchildren because they're in the right state of life. Mm-hmm. The time ought to be right to have children. And so looking forward or towards having grandchildren uh, and then providing grandchildren, again, not in this transactional measure. Right. But uh that's one way to respect and honor your parents and show love because then they also get to exercise love in a different format on a different human being and then also be able to receive love from another human being. And and I can say anecdotally, my uh both my parents and in-laws love having a grandchild mm-hmm. and although the uh you know my kid is is still at a very young age, they're still able to show love, hugs and mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, and they they love that experience with their grandkids. So mm-hmm. it's definitely one way in which this can be actualized. Yeah, and I mean, I think you know, and and this will, it's really. And so one of the things that I was thinking about as we were you know preparing what we wanted to say today, and this idea of like the transition really came to mind. And I think it becomes, you know, you know how there's like that the reverse, and I think it's so true. Like you know. You talked about, you know, when you get brought into this world by your parents and they literally give you everything. I think that the roles get reversed, right? Like, I mean, it's just the natural. And unfortunately, because we don't have multi-generational homes anymore, um, this, you know, maybe this falls by the wayside, but in, in some families, which I think is sad, but, you know, think about it when your parents get to a point in their lives where they, you know, have a hard time taking care of themselves because of age or infirmity, like you know, I think you know, it is our duty, it is owed to our parents because everything, and this goes back to that idea of paying back that debt, right? Um, which, in as Alex said, is I think a debt that remains unpaid forever. Um, it's just, it's just an unpayable debt. And, but it goes back, it goes back to that idea. And I think that's something that we all should take very seriously as we, as we grow older. I think, uh, you know, so for instance, my mom's father, um, has, you know, been in a, I guess, a retirement, living in a retirement community on his own for the last, oh, I guess it had, well, it's not that long, two and a half years now, two and a half years, I think. Um, but, you know, we talk about this all the time. And then like having the experience that my mom, my dad's mom is having, having basically been in hospice care in her house for the last two and a half years, which is incredible. Um, but like, just like the care that they have to provide for my, so you know, I'm far off from having my parents in that position, but we talk about it all the time. It's like, 
you know, what are we going to do in this situation? Like, what would be best for them? That sort of thing. And recognizing that that is something that will be owed to them, you know, a concern and care for them. And again, I think it's kind of, it is sad that this is something that doesn't happen as much anymore. And I wish, you know, I hope by talking about it that people who are listening to this take that more to heart because I think it would, it would make the end of life for a lot of our parents more comfortable. It, it would return the love that they showed to us to them in a very real way. I don't know. Do you have thoughts on that or how it, that it might tra- how this, what we're talking about sonship transitioning more and more as we grow older? Yeah, I definitely agree completely with the kind of responsibility that we have to take care of our parents as they age. And it does look different in each circumstance. It doesn't necessarily mean moving in right. with your parents or your parents moving in with you because, you know, there's there's different circumstances. Uh-huh. But one thing that you ought to do, I believe, is uh, visit or at yes. least call or you know <laughs> communicate with parents or grandparents. Um, and that's one way to be a good son towards them is maintain that relationship because if you're not talking or not um, video calling or something, then you're missing out on each other's life experiences. And you know, one thing I think of often is is kind of the percentage of of a kid's life compared to their parents and how that changes over time. Uh-huh. So, for instance, my life is roughly one third of my parents' life right now, uh-huh. and then my kid's life is roughly one. 25th of my life right, right now or something you know something along those lines but as you age you know the proportions change a little bit uh-huh. and you're getting to and then conversely my parents um my life is 100% of my parents life and my kids life is 100% of my life so right. you know you know they know you your entire life you only know them for you know a very uh well I wouldn't say small but a small portion of their life so it's also it makes sense to get to know them more proportionately as much as you can. And it yeah, it's a weird mathematical description, but <laughs> I think the point is, you know, they know they've known you, known you your entire life uh-huh. and you haven't known them your entire life. Well, you've known them your entire life, not their entire life. So doing our best to get to know them as we grow because you can be friends with your parents and that's that's kind of the next thing I want yeah, to go into. That's what I was about to ask about. Is yeah. you can be a son and you can be a friend of your uh father and again that friendship is going to look different. You're not going to be all joking around and you know uh playing rough with <laughs> with your father necessarily, but being able to uh communicate and and have hopefully the friendship of goodness where you're both pursuing virtues together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to I was just about to ask. My question was going to be like do you think part of at some point, you know, part of being a good son, part of sonship is developing, you know, in a real way friendships with your parents and I was going my answer was going to be absolutely yes because at some, you know, like it's it's part of becoming in a way an independent adult, you know, it, that might be the way that the culture like writ large portrays this understanding. But I think in a way like just be, you, you develop and you grow, you become older, you develop certain interests and you like want to share those interests with other people. And because your parents have been, like you said, you know, they're, they have known you for the entirety of your whole life. So for the most part, they are very well aware of what your interests are and that sort of thing. And a lot of the times your interests develop because they were their interests and they passed them down. Um, and so these are become the commonalities in which you can develop, you know, the friendships we've talked about, um, and you know those those it you know those it's 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 kind of a neat thing because 
you can have like a, you know, a friendship of pleasure, you know, in a, with commonalities with your parents, but it goes beyond that because there's that, you know, bond between parent and child that's so special. And again, the justice and charity that is owed by each party to the other. And I think that's a really neat thing that comes about because of the unique relationship between a parent and child. Yeah. And I just want to add one point is that we were talking about in earlier life, you were taking directives from your parents. And then as you progress in life, you're you're not taking directives necessarily, but you're co-directors. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a give and take as you grow older. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I you know, I'm, we, I, I can't remember what the 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 like topic of conversation was, but it was basically around you know people telling me what to do and like who I listen to. Oh, it was about who, who's who, people's opinion. Whose opinion do I care about the most in life? And I think I said it was at we were talking about this at dinner. And I said, okay, it's the three people at the dinner table with me. So my parents and my brother, and then God, and then my mom was like, and your grandfather. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like when my grandfather tells me something, like I listen to him, right? And so it's like you know, I I I think that's you know, as an adult, I recognize that I'm able to make my own decisions about things, but because of the relationship I have with my parents or my grandfather, you know, I can go to them for counsel. And actually, I think that's another way in which the relationship that puts a name on the way in which the relationship differs, you know, from an early age, you know, it's more, it's not counsel or advice. It's more commands. Right. And then as you grow older, it becomes like you were saying, co-decision makers or co-directors. Um, it's almost, in, it's like in the role of counsel, like you can go to your parents and ask for advice and they're no longer directing you to do things, but they can drawing upon their wisdom and experience. They can give you advice and give you a different perspective and which can help you uh, live your life. And I think that is particularly important for continuing to live and pursue the good life as a young man, particularly if you've grown up in a family that's always had that at the forefront, because that role of wanting you to live a good life, like that love and that care and that desire to see you succeed and that want to see you pursue the good life that we talked about at the beginning of this episode, that's there from the beginning of the moment you come into the world, that continues on, right? And, you know, that's something I think, that's a good way in which that relationship continues and develops and pushes that, but in a a different way. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's a pretty good summation of of how we move forward from childhood into adulthood Mm -hmm. with relationship to our parents. And I think since you summed up everything pretty well, uh, any final thoughts to add? Uh, no, not at all. I think, um, we're, you know, we've come, we've kind of been discussing relationships a lot and I think, um, we're going to, we're going to take a break from that over the next couple. Well, of... we still have one more on locality, uh, and being a good brother. Oh, and being a good brother. Yeah, so now, yeah. Yeah, next week yeah, we're yeah. going to do, be doing, we're going to do being a good brother and then we're going to do some other, you know, kind of topics that are aside from relationships. And then we're going to come back to locality, which will hopefully tie in a lot about what we're talking about, particularly as it relates to being a good brother, being a part of a community and being a good son. So we have that to look forward to. Yeah. And then just another thing, like I, I was talking to my dad about this podcast and, and he's, he's excited for it and, uh-huh. and enjoys the concept and ideas and, and potentially we'll have our respective fathers on here. Yeah. One day. That would actually be really cool if we could uh, get them on and, you know, I don't know, we could do anything from like, you know, maybe if they do a lot of listening, they could just want to talk and, you know, reflect about what we've done. Or, you know, it could be just like, here are a bunch of questions we want to ask our dads about living the good life and, you know, question and answer. That could be fun. So, yeah, no, definitely, definitely should come down the pipe at some point. Yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, I think that's about it then. So see you next time. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Smith and Scholar. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast on all the major platforms, including YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Also, follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with everything we are doing and thinking. Finally, feel free to give us feedback and ask questions across the different platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Smith and Scholar.